You've all heard the saying, if you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Well, we have another saying at Wildlings, and that's if you don't play with fire, you will get burnt. Today's episode is all about why we must teach children fire safety. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Kabi Kabi and Gubby Gubby people. We honour their songlines and storylines and pay our deepest respects to the elders past, present and emerging. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you're listening to this episode today. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. We're your host, Vicky Oliver. And Nikki Farrell. Did you know that globally, fires are a really common cause of death, accounting for over 310,000 deaths annually, with 30% occurring in people under 20 years of age? And in Australia, the annual average number of deaths of children by fire over the last 50 years is around 21 children a year. And most of these deaths are caused by household fires and accidentally lit by curious children under six. And tragically, many of them could have been prevented with some basic fire safety knowledge. And yet, as parents and educators, often we don't go beyond saying things like, don't touch, it's hot, when it comes to fire safety and fire education at home. And this is something that we talk about a lot at Wildlings and why we're so passionate about including it in all of our programs because we see the immediate impact of children being invited into this conversation. Yeah, fire is so attractive to children and teenagers, and so they're likely to want to light fires at some point. So we think it's better for them to learn the basics safely with you or their educators rather than playing with fire in a much, much riskier situation. So If we dig into the research about fire safety education programs, we can see that these programs are generally underpinned by the premise that children have limited capacity to understand the risks and consequences of fire and an inability to react promptly and rationally to fire without knowing about it or being taught about it. So this lack of knowledge and awareness puts children at risk of misusing fire or being harmed by it. So These fire safety education programs aim to improve children's knowledge and awareness of fire and fire safety to reduce this risk. This research shows that if children are aware of the risk posed by fire, the need for immediate response to fire and knowledge of fire safety, then they're more likely to behave and respond appropriately and in turn reduce the likelihood that they'll be misused fire or be harmed by it. Like this is all to say knowledge is power and when children know better, just like adults, they do better and less people die or get injured. And like, Vic, I don't think any of us are or will be surprised by this research. Yet there's still this fear around teaching children to light fires, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, it's almost like if you teach children how to light a fire, they're more likely to light a fire that's going to get out of hand. And so we have this idea that if we cotton more children and not let them light or even be around fires, we, what we're actually doing is increasing the chance of them lighting dangerous fires and in doing so, they're increasing their risk 
of severe burns and deaths. And if it's in an outdoor environment, our bushfire risk goes up exponentially. And that is absolutely devastating. Yeah, we always like to care, uh, compare it to, say, surf lifesaving here in Australia. You know, the children are going to be around surf. They're going to find lighters and matches and want to be curious about fire. So we teach children how to be safe in the ocean. We must teach children how to be safe about fire. We can't assume that they're just never going to touch it like abstinence and sex. They're going to find it. So we need to teach them about it. Exactly. Um, so this is why in our programs we don't just teach children how to light a fire safely. There's a lot of in-depth fire safety that we cover throughout those sessions. And not only is it mentioned once, it's mentioned repetitively Mm. and for those children that come to us over time and we're improving upon their skills, we're having this conversation, an in-depth conversation of the use of fire, of its importance um, and also its power and how Mm. we need to be very, very careful and responsible if we are going to use that. And, um, you know, we've got multiple stories of different ways in which people have been hurt by the misuse of fire. Uh, And that's something that we we often talk about with children, which is so important. And and interestingly, they often have stories Mm. of misuse of fire already. That's why the conversation needs to happen. Yeah, because they're already misusing it because they haven't been taught how to use it safely. So Mm. in any fire session that children come to at Wildlings, we cover things like what three things you need to start a fire, the risks of fire to ourselves, the people in our programs, and also the risk to our families if we play with fire at home or the Mm. risk to people in our community and the environment and even, you know, the animals that we love if a fire escapes. Interestingly, actually, um, I've seen overseas that when the fires were happening here in Australia, one of the the main stories that made it over there was the impact it was having on our wildlife and and those visions of koalas coming down and um, having these moments with firefighters seeking water and refuge Mm -hmm. because, you know, that does pull at our heartstrings because they're the ones that are directly, their homes are directly impacted. Our homes sometimes are impacted. But thousands and thousands of animals are injured and displaced and their whole habitats are gone mm. when fires get out of control. And um, a, lot, a lot of children can identify with that. If, yeah. if we're trying to find ways to, to make it real and contextual, um, then, you know, talking about wildlife is a really important part of the piece. Yeah, they're the innocents and they can help protect them by looking after their fires safely. Mm, exactly. Yeah. We also make sure we talk about appropriate PPE. I mean, I know you and I, Vic, (laughs) we've got plenty of stories about not being able to go to, (laughs) I'm just thinking of one homeschool camp we attended in particular where I pretty much, and my, my own children were like, I can't be around this fire. This is so unsafe. And mm-hmm. and it was things like children being barefoot. There was no boundary around it. Children had sticks with like embers, lit embers waving around, like multiple, like packed fire mm. full of sticks waving embers. There was, you know, risky fire play happening. And my children chose to leave that circle because they could see the risk. And I just think it's that continual chat about it without fear-mongering and it's it's no, mm. not sensationalised. It's just like this is how it is. Like, Look at what's happening here. What do you think could happen? You know, we, yeah. we talk about how we don't start fires without an adult supervising, about how to manage our fires safely and safely extinguish them because people do and people we know have got burnt on campfires 
in sand where the coals have been left. They haven't been extinguished with water or, you know, fires have got out of control because they weren't extinguished with water because they relight. And people don't know this if they're not taught it explicitly and reminded of it over and over again. I think it's really interesting because a lot of the times the information that the children are saying to us and we ask them those explicit questions, who knows what to do, how to extinguish a fire? Mm. Nine times out of ten children will say, cover it with sand, Mm. cover it up. Uh, And that's the information that they're getting from home, which indicates that as a society we don't actually have the skill set to manage fires safely. And what about lighting fires? You know the stories mm. we get as well. You know, what ways can we start a fire? Well, my dad, you know, after six beers starts with a can of petrol. I'm like, what are we yeah. role modelling? Like that is how children learn is by role modelling. Please, parents, don't light your fire with petrol when you're drinking in front of your children because if that's the only way they see them lit, that's the only way they think they can light them themselves. That's right. And we've even had educators that we've um, taught fire practices with children and they've made a bit of a joke oh this isn't the way I do it at home and I think goodness yeah (laughs) that's really concerning because the disconnect between the fact Mm. that you're always modeling this like you know if you've got a family at home then you are directly teaching this skill your own children (laughs) (laughs) to your own children and to your own family and by extension to anyone else who's around because um I'll be honest I didn't I was always around people creating campfires. I never lit them myself. So if I was observing this and and this was the norm of how to light a fire, that would be my assumption because I'm learning in community. Yeah. So th- this is why it's so important for children to be around people and to learn from adults that do it in a safe manner because a lot of the times, again, like if you don't light fires frequently, you're not thinking about you know, safe places to build the fire. You know, we're not talking about wind direction or smoke inhalation. Or one thing that it's been uh, research has shown is that children have no concept of how quickly a fire can go from a tiny flame to an out of control fire. So they're innocently lighting a match. And, you know, we talk about that too, what to do if we find matches and lighters around the house as children. And that's obviously give them to an adult, but they don't actually understand that a, a match, if it's dropped, can can destroy whole communities. So we need to explicitly teach this stuff. And then also that, you know, zooming out and having a look at the the use of fire in First Nations communities and around the world, Indigenous peoples and how they manage the environment with mm. traditional burns, I find that stuff incredibly fascinating and it just makes so much sense to me. And the intricacies of fire, how there's cool burns and hot burns and... Mm the reasons why we have certain fires and how it actually is a really important tool in managing our environment so that everybody wins, the environment wins, the animals win, and and we win as well. Um, and, and that knowledge and bringing that side of things into the conversation as well um, so that the children are getting so much of a holistic understanding of the power of fire and why it's important and how a tool can be something that is powerful and important but dangerous when used in the wrong way. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, it's not right and wrong. It's about how we use it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that kind of brings me to a thought, you know, we could teach children to just light a fire with a lighter or matches at forest school, but we choose to light a fire with a flint and steel rather than a lighter because then it's not just about getting a flame 
And it's not about that instant gratification dopamine hit. It's about skill mastery and achievement and accomplishment and it's process over product. So there's a sense of of learning and a sense of empowerment from this rather than a, oh, crap, that's fun. What can I do with it? <laughs> yeah, and it escalates quickly when it's that easy. Yeah, and we start all of this in our Forest Kindy programs from around three years of age because it again, it's those children under six that are having starting these accidental fires because they're curious and they don't know how dangerous fires can be. Hot, you know, hot, hot, hot is not good enough. It needs to be, um, you know, fire first aid. It needs to be what to do if you see a fire. It needs to be, you know, these tiny flames can get out of control really quickly. Like they need to know more than that fire is hot. That's right. And when we teach children how to light and manage fires safely, they can enjoy fire in a safe way. They learn about the risks and the dangers. And then they can also be prepared to put it out or know how to access information or the people that they need to help them put the fire out, um, what to do if someone else gets burned, and ultimately really just understanding one of Earth's most amazing energy sources. Yeah, and it can be as simple as that too. Like it doesn't have to get so complicated. You know, we can just teach children about fire because fire is amazing and beautiful and comforting and it feels like home and we create communities around it and tell stories around it. It doesn't just have to be about the danger. That's right. And in, you know, different places around the world, there can be campfires with children around from birth all the way through continuously that mm. that, that fire is, is a continuous presence in villages and places around the world where they may not have access to other ways of heating and children manage that and and that is part of the community to show the importance of keeping children safe and bringing them into the broader conversation and the responsibility of how fire provides what it needs to provide for the community yeah so I guess in summary, again, it is if we don't teach children to light fires safely, they will get burnt. We firmly believe at Wildlings that when we give children that opportunity to learn real-world skills like fire management and safety, then they're less likely to have that desire or curiosity to hide in their bedroom with a packet of matches and learn the hard way. Like what an awful thing to have to live with purely because you've never had conversations around it or purely because you've never dealt with fire before. Knowledge is power. Please know that your children are able and capable. They just need the knowledge. Exactly. Um, And if this is something that you're interested in, if you're interested or you're unsure about how to go about teaching fire safety to your own children, or if you're an educator, you've got children in your care and you'd like to learn more about how we do it, how to be safe around campfires and fire safety, Um, fire positioning, how you select the type of timber we use, the different fire lighting techniques and developmentally appropriate fire lighting techniques, how we manage groups around fires. This is probably single-handedly the most helpful thing that we have learned as educators. Yeah. Um, As well as all of the tried and tested equipment that we use, um, extinguishing them safely, all of the recipes and the fun stuff that we do Mm. uh, around the fire risk assessments if you're keen then you can check out our new online wild skills course which is going to drop in june 2023 you can head to raisingwildlings.com.au for more information Mm. we use these five safety techniques with children in our programs 
and our own children every winter. And we can confidently say that fire is one of the most enjoyable, beneficial, empowering and educational things that we have done as parents and educators. I wholeheartedly agree. May children always have a place around the campfire. So until next week, stay wild. Thank you.